Hello and welcome. You're listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God has given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at SOH. Dot church. Uh, while you're there, download our mobile app. We've got a free app that has a great online community that's very, very active. Uh, we pray with one another. We post funny things. We chat. So I want, would love for you to be a part of that. Would love for you to come down and visit us sometime uh, or at least uh, jump on our live streams. But if you're listening to this, Anywhere would you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications, invite a friend. Uh, it all helps us to expand this study, uh, which, of course, we want to do because we want to get uh, more folks around the Word of God because the Word of God will change your life. Amen. So we are closing out Matthew chapter nine today, and we've really seen a uh, transition from the Sermon on the Mount and uh, what we have seen Jesus do, which we've said over and over again, is not only teach, but go out and display. And I would venture to say that part of the challenge of the modern day church, part of the reason that many look at us and say, uh, you know, they're a bunch of hypocrites, which, by the way, you know, no one is perfect. And I like the way Frank Turek says it. He says, uh, you know, the, the church is full of hypocrites. Yeah, we could always use one more. You know, none of us are perfect. But what God has given us with this new covenant is the ability to display uh, his goodness, his glory. Again, like Jesus uh, had said, to bring on earth as it is in heaven. And I would venture to say there's not enough of us that are going out on a daily basis and exhibiting the type of power, the type of uh, just displays that Jesus did. Now, do, do you... Does that mean go out and lay hands on the sick? I would say yes, but start somewhere small. Uh, just go out with the mindset of, hey, it's not just me going to the to the grocery store. What opportunities are around us? And I promise you, there are opportunities around you every single day to show the love of God. And it says that, uh, you know, a kind word is sweet to the soul. A kind word is healing. You have no idea how you could intervene in somebody's life by just being the light to them, by just loving on them, by just being, you know, different than the world around you. And, and I will say this, you, you know, I notice it all the time that there is so much good in people that we only see on social media, on the news, the bad, but there is so much good out there. And, you know, just go out and contribute. That's why we say we get together for this small period of time. And then we have the remaining 99% of our day. I would venture to say as important as this, this is us getting together, what we do outside of here, what you do outside of the church, uh, you know, building on Sunday morning, that's your ministry. That's your mission field. 
You know, just because I'm a pastor that gets the microphone every once in a while doesn't mean I have a ministry and you don't. My min- the, the the pastoral part and really the biblical definition of a pastor is a shepherd is somebody who takes care of the flock. And yes, I do, you know, have that role at Sound of Heaven. Um, and I play more of a teacher role over there uh, as well, I, w- I would say. Um, what I do on a Sunday morning with a microphone is like minuscule compared to the rest of my life, how I treat my family, how I, you know, minister to them, how I treat those that I, that I come in contact with on a daily basis. You know, and I think that's a lot of times what, you know, the church gets a lot of flack for. You know, it's a lot of polish and shine on Sunday morning. But what happens during the week? You know, we're called to go to the highways and the byways, to the last, the least, the lost. You know, and if if we would just do a little more of that, we would be we the world, not we, the world would be in such a, a, a better place. So my prayer for the church is that as we go into this next season is that we would be more active. But let's go ahead and let's close out Matthew chapter 9. Again, we see this turning point. We see the turning point of Jesus going and healing and exhibiting uh, the kingdom of God and and preaching the good news. Uh, but we also see that he's starting to get some flack from the religious leaders. And most the world, the religious leaders, even in modern day, they're perfectly fine with you sitting in the church on Sunday morning. That's that's on you. You know, that's that's what you do. But when you start exhibiting the things that Jesus wants you to do, you're going to get some pushback. It's going to happen. And the question is, is can you withstand that? Do you care more about what other people think than what God wants you to do in your life? I know I'm coming on pretty strong, but it is a Friday. Uh, and uh, all this stuff is is on my heart because I, I truly want to see us as the church not just sit around, but to go out and do things. Because I know how content I am as a person when I, you know, get off my couch and get out of my house and and minister outside of even Sunday morning. Uh, And I want that for the church, but I also see what, what it means to, and how it changes the lives of those around us. Remember the world is waiting for you to be everything that you're called to be. They may kick and scream and make fun of your faith and mock you, But the bottom line is, I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that in the deepest parts of humanity's heart, we want a loving Father. We want a loving God. And that's what we have. But it's up to us to show it. Amen. So let's continue reading here. We're in Matthew chapter 9. And Jesus just continues doing what he has been doing going around, and he's healing the sick, and he's preaching the good news. Let's start reading. As Jesus went from there, two blind men followed, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him. Now think about this for a second. Blind men are following him around. Not easy to do if you're blind. I was thinking about that this morning as I read through this. Right? They had to listen and follow even when they couldn't see. Wow, there's a whole message in that, right? There's a whole message in that about faith, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. 
So here's these blind men. They can't see, and they're just listening to the word of God and proceeding forward and following Jesus. I may, I may do, I may do a message on that one. That's a, that's that's a that's a good message there. And when they went indoors, the blind men came to him and asked, "Do you?" And he asked them. Jesus asks them, "Do you believe that I am able to do this?" Yes, Lord. They replied, then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the good news about him all over the region. You know, blindness during that time was very common. A big there was a couple of reasons for that. Right. Uh, one, the sun was so intense and they had no way to protect their eyes. So the sun off of the sand there in the uh, Palestine area uh, was so intense that people would be you know, afflicted with blindness. Also, hygiene was an issue. Right. You had flies, you had dirt, you had a lot of things and that would cause infection and a lot of people would go blind. So Jesus heals the blind men and they go off and they start spreading the good news. So let's continue as Jesus now heals a demon possessed person that is mute. Okay. So it says while they were going out, a man who was demon possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man had uh, been who had been mute spoke the crowd was amazed and said nothing like this has ever been seen in israel so jesus is doing things that nobody had ever seen before and the interesting thing here is that in jewish culture when they used to do exorcisms they believed that they had to trick the demon into giving its name Right. And, and we see that in some of the movies now. Right. That's actually from uh, ancient Israel. Um, they believe that they can give the de- if the demon would give its name, then they could go ahead and cast it out. OK, so by all for all intents and purposes, this person who could not speak was helpless. So th- that's part of the reason around their amazement. Right. This person couldn't speak. And Jesus didn't need to know the demon's name, which obviously is a is a flawed thing. That's not a a real thing in deliverance. Okay, Um, that's an ancient Israel, um, you know, belief. Um, So they are amazed. And I I just want to wrap it up to this before we get to our our final point, which I think is going to be the most important point, because, look, I can go through the healings of Jesus and I'm not making light of them at all. Okay, we've seen Jesus heal the blind now. We've seen him heal the mute. We saw him heal the leper. We saw him heal the paralyzed. We saw him heal the woman who had been sick for 12 years. We saw him cast out demons. We see him uh, curing mental illness. We see him raising a dead girl. So we know that he can heal, right? Just like the leper said, he says, "I, I know that you're able. Are you willing? Just like the uh, centurion said, you know, Lord, I know that you can do this. You don't even need to go to my home. It's not a question of whether God is able. The question is, is, is he willing? 
and that yes, he is, he is willing. So we see here in Matthew chapter nine cha and, and chapter eight that Jesus is exhibiting that he is able. And we know that he is willing. What we're also seeing is Jesus being accused of blasphemy, of low morals, of ungodliness. We see here in verse 34, the Pharisees, the religious leaders are saying it's by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. And we know in the other gospels, it says, you know, Jesus corrects them and says, how could that be? A house divided itself cannot stand. So the religious leaders are saying that he's not even doing it with good intentions. He's doing it out of evil. Could you imagine that? All the things that I had laid out. And you're going to get flack from people when you go out and you try to exhibit. Because Why? Because when we go out and we exhibit our faith, it shines a light on those that are just wanting to go to church on Sunday morning and that's it. Check off the box or be like the hypocrites do and say, look how holy I am. And unfortunately, look, every single sector of society has its real folks and its hypocrites. It's people that take action and believe what they believe and then the wannabes. But uh, let's just be real. Again, it's Friday. I'm just being real and raw here. Um, every, every single one. And you can tell what you believe on the inside by what you do on the outside. There's no question about it. And I hope that convicts some of us, right, that we've got to get out there. And I want to read this next part, and this is where we're going to close out. And I think this sums it all up because the, the disciples were following Jesus around. Now, whether they knew it or not at this time, Jesus was going to hand the torch to them and say, now you go do what I do. That's what's going to happen. And in John 14, it says, that you will do greater things than I, <clears throat> Jesus says, because I go to the Father. Imagine that, the disciples, which now we are the modern-day disciples of Christ. The Great Commission, like my brother Keith said, absolutely. The Great Commission, where Jesus says, and, and we'll get there, we're in Matthew, but we'll get there, where Jesus says, uh, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. And there's not enough, therefore, go in the church today. I want to read this final part, and then we're going to wrap up for this for today. Again, I know you can't see the verses. We're having a problem once again, but uh, we'll fix that. So let me uh, let me go ahead here and read this final part. It says, starting with verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed, helpless, and like sheep without a shepherd. Then he turns to the, the disciples and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So Jesus is going around. They are following. He takes compassion on the crowd. 
Do we as the church look at those who are hurting? Look at those in communities that are misguided, full of hatred, full of pride, full of all the things that hold us back. And do we consider ourselves adversarial to these communities, to these people, even within the church? Or do we look on them with compassion, realizing that they are harassed, that in their current state, without knowing the beauty and the glory that comes with following the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that they are helpless. Because when we rely on our own strength, let's be honest, there's there comes a point where we're helpless, that only God can help us in these situations. And we are not without help, but when we rely on our own strength, there's only so much that we can do. Said that he took compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. They were without guidance. You and I are not without guidance. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got his word. We've got the example of Jesus. We have one another who in Ephesians 4 talks about the whole purpose of the ecclesia, the called out assembly of people, the church is so that we can equip one another so that we can build up one another so that we can mature one another. Why? For the work of the service so that we can do what we're called to do here on earth. And then he turns to the disciples and he says to them, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. The same challenge that they had then is very similar to the challenge that we have now see great times of great tribulation are times of incredible harvest you think about a farmland and you think about when it gets to that point where the fruit is on the vine and it's ready for picking sometimes tribulation in the world ripens people. It makes them realize what happened after 9-11. So many people turned back to faith, turned back to God. Honestly, I, I, I feel we saw through the pandemic a dividing of people where some, you know, threw their hands up, but some said, you know what? Life is worth living. I had a, a moment with God during the pandemic. Well, I had been strong. Honestly, I'm just going to be real with you. If, if we're going to get together every day, if you're going to see me every day, you're going to see the real side of me. I'm going to tell you that there was a period during the pandemic. I was, I was very, uh, I was very depressed. I was, I was in a, in a, now I was out. I was, we were feeding the, the, the communities, but this is very early on. Actually, before the pandemic, I was, I, I'll say this before the pandemic, I was in a bad place. I was in a tough place mentally. Right. I was surrounded by great people. All my folks at Sound of Heaven. I have a beautiful family, a great, great folks. Um, but I was struggling. And the pandemic really kicked my butt, not in the way that you would think. It made me realize that I'm here for a purpose. And it's in times of crisis to step up. I'm here for a purpose. I've got to be here for my family. When I laid on my bed, on Christmas day, when I had COVID, when I said to myself, you know what, we're going to open up gifts and then I'm going to go to the hospital because I felt really sick. And I was, I was probably more, um, 
concerned because we didn't know what to expect. And I realized to myself, I said, no, I want to live. I want to be effective. I don't want this to be it for me. And that was a starting point for me, kind of a resurgence in my life to start fighting back and saying, you know what? I'm not going to let time be wasted to the best of my ability. Because the harvest is plentiful and we saw some amazing things go on during that time. The problem is, is that the workers are few because when you own a big piece of property and you're a farmer, I was thinking about this this morning and we're going to wrap up. I know we're going a couple extra minutes. I hope you don't mind today. But I was thinking about this. You own a big piece of land. You own a vineyard. Now, there are things that can destroy the crops. There are enemies that, to the crops. There are animals that come in and eat it. There are other conditions. But when that harvest is ripe, the only thing that can stop it from being from manifesting what it's supposed to manifest is inaction. Because if, when you let the fruit die on the vine, the tragedy is, is that could have been used for something that could have been, it could have been different. And when we remain inactive as a church, when there is a harvest outside the four walls of the church building, and a generation goes by, and those who could have heard the gospel don't, it's a tragedy. The tragedy of having no workers to go into the field is that the fruit dies on the vine. You can stop thieves. You can build walls to keep animals out from eating the harvest. But when there's fruit on the vine, that is there for the picking and it doesn't get picked and harvested. That's on me. That's on you. That's on us. So my prayer for the church as we wrap up here is that we would realize that even though we're in times of tribulation, even though we're in times of bad news reports, we have the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. And there is nothing more powerful than that. You see what Jesus was overcoming in his time. And he says that greater that we can do because he goes to the father. So my prayer for you is that when you leave today, when you head out to the remaining, let's call it 98% because we took a couple extra minutes that you will realize that there is a harvest field outside of the four walls that you're in right now. And there is great opportunity and you are equipped with the good news. You are equipped with a smile. You are equipped with the ability to encourage somebody. You are equipped with so much to get out there and do something for Christ's sake. That's what I pray and hope that this does for you every day. It's a way to start, but let's get out there and do something with the remaining 99, 98% of our day that makes an impact for this world. I don't want to start another prayer meeting. I don't want to start another Bible study. I want to spark something in you where you go out there and you change the world because God put that in you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for every single person listening today, joining me in this study. Lord God, I pray that you make known in the deepest parts of their soul 
that there is a harvest in their life. There is a harvest outside of the four walls that they are in and that they can be partakers, that they can be workers, Lord God, in helping this generation know the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that those who would believe in him shall never perish, shall never die on the vine, but have eternal life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out, soh.church. We're going to start Matthew chapter 10 in a couple days. I love you guys. Remember, a hundred starts with one. So go out and do something for Christ's sake. Have an awesome day.